Hi everyone, I'm Daniela and you're listening to the Mellow Moment Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Sebastian Gabor from Digital about the digital transformation wave overtaking the veterinary industry. If you want to dive into automatic appointments and streamlining telemedicine, listen to Sebastian's discussion about enabling effective visits that allow vets to see more patients. Hi everyone, I'm Daniela from Mella Pet Care and today I'm joined by Sebastian Gabor and here's the thing. So he said, I'm just here with Sebastian, uh, no need to have a tagline, but I think he deserves a tagline and a proper introduction just like every other guest. So he is a pet entrepreneur and the founder of Digital. He is way more than just a Sebastian. <laughs> well, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Danina. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Awesome to be here. Yeah, so we're so excited that you're here. And so to start off, uh, would you like to introduce yourself and give just a little bit of personal background to the listeners? Got it. So a little bit more than just Sebastian. So uh, <laughs> uh, definitely pet parents, tech entrepreneur, uh, started my first business when I was 21 uh, with absolutely zero funding or resources. Uh, I just had the laptop at that time. So that was that was it. Uh, I ended up growing a company to almost 100 plus uh, people that was in the development space of so technology working with big like disney hasbro um all of those big big companies uh, learned a lot on what it means to build meaningful products that actually help and not just products that remain somewhere not used by anyone um and then um, after doing a few series of other startups uh, some successful some great learning experiences uh in 2017 i was lucky to reconnect with uh Ruxandra, uh who's my current co-founder and we uh, we began the journey of, uh, of digital. That's awesome. So much better than just Sebastian. I love this background so we can really dig into this. And today we're here to talk about the digital transformation wave and specifically in the pet health industry and you know, looking at vet hospitals and vet clinics and just this evolution that we have seen and will probably continue to see for many, many years to come. And so to start off, would we like to just start talking about maybe one of the most basic and simple parts of the vet clinic process, which is, you know, creating an appointment and signing up and getting your pet to have an intake at a certain clinic or hospital. Um, so what is, what's the deal with online appointment requests? Uh, well, so uh, online appointment request is it's a super important thing as for the experience of the pet parents. But before we go into that, I think it's worth mentioning a bit of what's happening in the practice uh, nowadays. And as you mentioned, there is an acceleration of the transformation, especially for animal hospitals. And we've seen this for the past five years worldwide. So not only in the US, like everywhere you see this change. However, today you still have a lot of practices that still have paper binders. Uh, and they, they work with mostly paper. They're not by far paperless uh, and they do a lot of non-automated processes. And this is something uh, that's impeding innovation in, uh, in the space. Um, and unfortunately, because practices are so overwhelmed with, with work, uh, you probably know that on average, a veterinarian sees almost 30 patients a day. And that's just an insane amount of, uh, of patients and stress that they need to go, go through. So. Um, at the moment when it comes, you know, when you go to a practice and you say, let's help you enable online appointments uh, so that pet parents can just send a request and you can approve it and you don't need to wait 
uh, five, 10 minutes on your phone, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 we have all these, these other things that we need to solve first uh, and, and get digitized. Um, so that, that was one of the, the first learnings that we had from, uh, from the space. Uh, but going, switching back to online appointments, uh, this is like as a pet parent, uh, it's just an awesome experience because right now the reality is that when you call a practice, they'll put you on a hold, you'll need to wait. Uh, then someone responds, takes your call. You, you need to go back and forth with, are you available at four, maybe at five? And after maybe 10 minutes, finally you get that appointment. And this happens only if it's during the day, because if you're in the evening, you see something uh, that's, that's wrong with your dog and you want to make the appointment, you need to wait. So online appointments is just like the next step in improving the experience of, of pet parents. And it comes with a big, big, uh, benefit. So what we've seen with practices that we work with right now that enable the digital transformation, they end up reducing 60% of their phone calls, which means that's more time to actually spend with patients and not on the phone, uh, which is which is which is awesome. So yeah, um, online employment system. Hopefully, there's more and more practices that are gonna uh, adopt this, which will transform radically the, the at least the first state step in the experience of uh, between the pet parent and the and the vet. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely can agree that that's a super easy thing to have, especially like, you know, even with other things like haircut appointments or nail salon appointments, just going in and seeing already the times that are available and you can just cross check, just sitting down in your own house. You don't even have to pick up the phone is super easy. Um, but you touched on a very interesting point, And that's that, you know, you offer this thing that you're going to uh, enable these online appointment requests. And the vet clinics go, hold on a second, uh, that sounds great, but we have all of these other things to worry about first. What do you think are their top priorities of things that they want to fix maybe before going into some of these other nitty gritty aspects? Uh, great question. So they're top, top of mind because uh, at the core vets and all the staff at the practice, they really do this out of passion. They love animals and they really want to, to help. Um, so their top, top concern is to be able to actually see those 30 patients a day, to be able to actually take all the appointments that uh, are requested and all the patients that want to come in. So anything that saves time on their side for redundant tasks, um, needing to ask the same question three times, uh, we'll go into that in a second, or doing losing, spending time with inventory, all of those, those are things that they're trying to automate as much as possible to grant more time with uh, with the patients. So that that's the first step for any practice that wants to embark on this digital transformation is first solve the internal the internal challenges and once you do that you'll have the world for you you can now enable a different workflow for all the pet parents which is insanely different so i can give you an example that i, I just recently had to uh go for for almost an emergency to uh, to the vet with uh, with my dog and um the fact that i had to answer the same question four times with the same answer and that there was no communication between the staff members because probably it wasn't a paper that didn't actually travel uh, inside the practice or the fact that we, we took so many videos beforehand and we couldn't share them with, uh, with the practice because everything was paper-based. So there was no way to actually send the video when we requested the, the appointment. And all those things that could save time or all the notes that we took. So all of that is just a process that you spend a lot of time and you can completely transform that, uh, uh, that experience. No, definitely a good point. And I can definitely, I can remember that as well. When I worked at a vet clinic, 
Uh, you would go in and if you were the first person to see the client, you would ask, okay, what's wrong with your dog? And you would walk mm -hmm. out and maybe you wouldn't even see the vet going into the exam room because they were busy doing their other things. So they would go from one room immediately to the next and they wouldn't talk to you about the initial intake. And so that's what a pet parent would see on their end is just the constant questions because uh, each team member is running around and they're not talking to each other. So that's super helpful to just bring everything into one place. Yeah, no, I would say that we've seen like there's a gazillion type of different pet brands, right? You have the pet brands that don't really take any notes at any point in time. And you have the ones that are super diligent and whatever they spot, they take a photo, they take uh, some notes. So all of those ones, it ideally have them structured somewhere so you can easily share them. And that tells a story. It's no longer just a snapshot of what's happening now. It's actually the story of the, uh, of the patient, uh, of how they evolved over time. And this creates a much better understanding for the vet or anyone that actually uh, want to help to, uh, to help understand what they can do next to, to prevent uh, and to keep the pet healthy. At the end of the day, that's why we're here, right? We're better. We want to be better pet parents and better guardians. And that's where the vets have a crucial impact because they know what's best for, for our beloved ones. Oh, absolutely. That is absolutely their job. And that's their priority too, is that they're there to make sure that your pet is doing their best. And so you did mention, of course, that one of the reasons why we would love to go to this, the online appointment request is um, it's easy. You can do it just by sitting in your home and you don't have to talk to anybody. So one of the big questions here is why is it so difficult to get anyone on the phone in a practice? Why is it that you call and but like 90% of the time they answer and they say, could I place you on a brief hold? And then you listen to like hold music for a while. Um, yeah, what are, what are those reasons? Uh, well, my, it's, uh, you, well you, you said that you worked in practice, so you probably know uh, all of the reasons there, but top ones by far is that most likely they're on another phone call. They're talking with another client as, uh, as you called in. So they need to first finish that conversation or maybe someone needs to be checked out. Uh, and when you need to check them out, you need to then go to back to the vet, ask exactly what happened, make sure that everything is uh, is ready on their file so that you can uh, create the invoice and uh, and print the discharge notes. And that needs to be written down. So most likely they are now spending time on creating all of that for you. Um, then when it comes to maybe emergencies that happen, uh, happen and it's like they need to just run there, um, stop what they're doing, and they're going to place you on hold. So all of those things. Uh, that, uh, that they need to do will prevent them from actually spending time with you to take the appointment request. And that's, again, going back to the whole idea of an online appointment request system where they, you can just request an appointment. Uh, you can see the available times. You just request and send it. This is super advantageous for the practices that they can actually call you, if needed, on their own uh, terms. As in, they just finished the emergency that they had. They can call you afterwards. It doesn't mean that they need to respond instantly, but they give, it gives them the flexibility to focus to, to your request when they when they have the time. And this changes the entire paradigm of asynchronous communication. And to tie this in and also to telemedicine and, and chat. We've seen that, of course, with COVID, you had a, a um, in, super increase in, um, in the use of telemedicine and asynchronous uh, communications. Uh, and what we've seen is that, because we, we offer both for practices, so they can use digital uh, for that, but we've definitely seen that telemedicine hasn't been used as much so I would say even less than 1% of cases, while chat has been like drastically soaring because chat is asynchronous. You can ask a question, someone can respond whenever they have time afterwards. So it's all this, uh, this potential of actually adapting to someone's schedule, but still getting the message across and, 
uh, and having that conversation, which is a, a lot more powerful because this gives them the chance to focus on what they actually need to do in that moment in time. Yeah, no, these are all super good ideas just to also bring the pet clinic into the future. You definitely called me out there. Uh, sometimes I do know the answers to the questions that I ask, but I do it for the listeners because it's still an important question to address. But yeah, that is the case that, you know, um, I could also answer, yeah, that that it's, it is difficult to get uh, somebody on the phone. It's just people are running around everywhere. And oftentimes there are like two or three phones only in the entire hospital. And they're just blowing up all the time. And sometimes, yeah, the, the easiest, quickest thing to calm the nerves of the techs and the vets and the assistants is to just run by the phone when it's ringing, pick it up, go, sorry, I'll get to you later. Like put it down and then keep running. So <laughs> anything to- Totally agree. Um, and I've seen, uh, so we've done, we've done an onboarding uh, recently and for when we onboard a new practice, uh, we do either on-premise training or we do remote uh, support. So then the moment in the day they go live, we spend time with them uh, on Zoom to see everything, what's, uh, what's happening to support them. And uh, literally every two minutes, the people that we were training and talking with, they had to run to either answer a phone call or check someone out. It was like instantly two minutes, boom, 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 boom. So I can't imagine how difficult it was uh, and how hectic it, it can become. No, definitely. But uh, that's one of the great things that you're doing is helping mitigate that and just like bring down the overall stress levels. Um, so we've had a really cool conversation so far just about the initial process, you know, whether that mm -hmm. is you create the appointment, you are, you do the intake, you, um, you show up to the vet clinic with your pet, with photos or resources or just stories, take a, a, another step into the vet clinic process. And now we're going to talk about, you know, diagnostics and um, kind of the transformation there. Um, so since we've had this really amazing digital transformation and evolution, and it is just continuing to expand, what do you think are like the best practices for the known systems? And like, how does artificial intelligence start to play a role in pet care? Love the question. So let's break down this conversation into two parts. One is the data uh, structure, which we'll go into uh, it in a second. And then just the fact that now we're living in a really, really exciting time where you can have access to much more data points than before. Like if before you were only basing uh, diagnostic or uh, just like trying to understand the case based on what you see, now suddenly you have access to uh, loads of data from, and not only data that's now in the moment, but also historic data. So in other words, we see cases more and more and with smart devices like uh, Mela is one of them and that does an awesome job where you can get that data in, in real time and put it in the system and structure it for uh, the vets to actually see it and understand it. Because of course, if you just put the data there, but then they need to go through 40 different pages to understand it, that's not gonna be useful data. So um, the fact that now you're able to track data at home, take videos of, of the pet, uh, measure weight, measure uh, temperature, measure any data point that you can do, uh, food intake, uh, how much they're eating, when are they eating the right things, all of that builds into a bigger profile of the pet than if this data then afterwards gets to in the hands of uh, specialized um, vets that actually understand what's happening, that they can really help you. Uh, it's like having a vet in your pocket all the time with you. Uh, and this doesn't create a, a big load of uh, effort on the vet side because with AI, you can help the vets to detect when they're actually needed and when they just need to. to. So they, they become the operator of this of this advice system that, that you can provide pet parents. And as a pet parent, it's an awesome experience because suddenly you have that access to that 
important know-how that helps you become a better pet brand any time of the day. Um, so the only challenge then you as a pet brand is to track that data and to make sure that you communicate it structurally to the vet so that they can actually do things. So this is the first part. Then is the exciting times of where we are now. Um, but the second challenge is data structuring because we talk about AI, uh, but AI needs huge amounts of data to be able to actually create uh, um, uh, reports and statistics and to, to help you understand uh, cases and to, to predict. But for that, um, to start with the data, well, the problem that we have now in practice is that, so we've been migrating clinics that have been using the same system for 20 plus years. So all that data, all that historic data of, of patients normally is not structured. It's just a box in a, in a, in a program with everything written uh, in a non-structured format. So now as we do migrations, uh, uh, well, fortunately or unfortunately, we had to build the data migration process in-house. So we do this now internally. Um, but basically what we do is we start structuring the data, understanding. So using NLP and other, other um, techniques to basically understand what's in the big boxes and translate that into medical information that can be then used and plugged into uh, algorithms to be able to uh, give relevant data to and insights to, to the vet. So this is, I think, a process that is happening now more and more, especially as 80% of the animal hospitals in the U.S. are still using old, old systems. So you can imagine this, if you remember this, well, big, big computers, servers, that's <laughs> yeah. still what they have, not the big as in IBM bigs, but like big, big, they still have those in hospitals. And as this transition happens towards the cloud, uh, we're going to see more data that being basically um, uncovered from, from those systems. And this will all help towards creating enough data source for any other innovative player in the space to start using AI to, to enhance the speed of innovation. Yeah. Again, exciting times. You no, know, it's super exciting times. I think this is just, it's going to continue to develop and evolve. And uh, it's just going to be, you know, currently I still see some vet clinics where you walk in and they have the the wall of, the folders and the papers, the the Manila envelopes too that are still up there, yeah. um, and just like you know, the thought that eventually all of those will be gone and shredded and hopefully recycled, and so none of that's going to be needed anymore is amazing. And so you know, you've mentioned so much about at least how you're helping vet clinics um, transform and become a lot more digital with you know what you've put in place. And so for pet parents, how can they really help and assist this digital transformation wave? How can they be more prepared when they show up to the vet clinic? Um, what can they do to really be the most prepared for this evolution? Great point. Because as, as pet parents, we're, we're guardians, right? So we need to, uh, and we spend most of the time with, uh, with the pets. So I, the first and foremost, I think just being curious, uh, curious about what does it mean to, to help your pet be healthy? What's good behaviors? Uh, there was an awesome episode on on uh, behavioral challenges for pets that I've seen on on your podcast. Listen to oh. that one; really, really good. Uh, <laughs> Not so, sponsored. <laughs> so, so definitely being curious about that and learning. So now, the second problem with the second question with with learning in general is like, what are sources that you can trust? Um, and to to answer to this challenges, we've built in the app for pet parents. So now, if you go to a, to a hospital that uses. Uh, our technology, you'll get access to a pet portal, a mobile pet portal, where you have all the history, uh, all the discharge notes, everything you need to do at home, step-by-step -step guidance, but also access to a learning center. And that learning center is personalized to your pet. So if you, you have a specific diagnostic, 
uh, specific medical history, you're going to get dedicated lessons for that. And we're enabling now vets to create their own curated lessons that you can actually get access to. So I guess for and foremost, being curious and learning more, that's going to be the first one. Uh, and second one, using technology to help structure data. Um, and the third one, because even in the case of diabetes, where we, we have a um, diabetes tracking tool um, and, and other chronic conditions, I, the challenge is you can't rely on the pet parent to always plug information manually. So being being able and wanting to invest in the tools to help them track that automatically. So smart devices, this is where the all the entire wave of smart devices coming into play and it's super, super important to to help this wave coming. Uh, again, technology is not is is evolving. So it's it's learning how to be more um more useful, but trusting that and be starting to to use those tools so that you can get the data in real time, accurate data that then the vet can have access to. Uh, and once we get the, the data in the, in the hands of the vet, we can actually get more help from them uh, so that we know what's the best thing we need to do at home. Yeah, those are awesome tips, because I bet that for everybody, uh, at least a little bit of this process must be overwhelming. So just learning about it and educating yourself. So then one day, if you're a pet parent who takes your cat into the vet and you no longer see that wall of manila envelopes, um, you're, no, you're not stressed out about that or like that doesn't freak you out. You're ready and prepared for the future, which is actually the perfect segue to our Mela signature question. Now, this is a question that every single guest has answered. And if since you're a fan and you've listened to a few episodes, I bet you are aware and you're ready for this question. But what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? Got it. So most important part, I think we're now in an age where we can actually enable better preventive care and personalized care. Uh, because right now, most of the most of the advice is generic advice, and you never know if what you're reading online is actually applicable for uh, for your pet. So if if you have if any of the listeners have seen uh, Minority Report, the movie where you predict in real time what's what's going to happen in the future, uh, I think that's going to be uh, this the signature of the, these ages of with the time we're living now. Um, so in a, in a nutshell. Preventive care, so being able to actually proactively uh, prevent and enforcing good behavior from, from day one. And for this, we as pet parents, we need to learn what's best and then uh, be able to deliver that for, uh, for our furry companions. Uh, and then the second one is personalized. So not, not applying just general rule of thumbs that you see on, on Google, but actually going to uh, dive deeper and understanding what's the exact uh, protocol, what's the exact procedure, what's the exact recommendation for your uh, Pet. So stop applying the general rule of thumb that doesn't always apply because now we have the technology and we have the know-how uh, to offer personalized pet care. Yeah, I love that answer. Can't wait for customizability because every pet is different, just like every human is. So excited yeah, exactly. for the future. And unfortunately, as we wrap up this podcast, it's been such a good conversation. And I know that every listener out there uh, just wants to learn more. And so how can they keep up to date with what you're doing and what Digital is up to? Got it. Uh, thank you for asking that. So uh, for uh, if, you, if you're curious of what we're doing to helping practices become more digital, you can go to digital.io. So that's D-I-G-I-T-A-I-L.io. And also, if you want to see uh, all the pet portal and what the tools we're offering for pet parents, that's on pet.digital.io. And there's also an app that you can download uh, to see clinics that are digital in your area. Um, and from there, you'll be, be guided. And hopefully, we can be a good partner for you in your journey as a pet parent. 
Awesome. Well, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a great chat. Pleasure is mine, Daniela. Thanks so much. Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out the episode description for all links to everything mentioned today. Head over to www.mela.ai to learn more about what's happening over at Mela Pet Care and for more ways to keep your pet happy and healthy. And finally, come back next week to hear Vale Wyman talk about a new app to help answer all your pet parenting questions.